What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amatelaki TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a jam-packed show for you today. Gonna recap games 2, 3, and 4 of the NBA Finals, as well as preview game 5, in which the Toronto Raptors are one game away from their first ever NBA championship and the fall of the Golden State Warriors dynasty could happen in Toronto at the Scotiabank Arena on Monday night. Touching that, touching the Carson Wentz quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles getting a contract extension I'll get, uh, earlier this week. I'll give you my thoughts on that. I'll also give you my thoughts on Dallas on respective pitchers in Major League Baseball. Dallas Keuchel starting pitcher and a reliever closer uh, Craig Kimbrell. Finding uh finding new uh, jobs of employment. Craig Kimbrell, a member of the uh, Chicago Cubs. Dallas Keuchel, a member of the Atlanta Braves. So I'll touch on that uh, later on in the program. But first things first, of course, the story in sports this week. You know, no one cares. Nobody cares about the you know about the French Open. No, no, every any no one could care less about the uh, about the Belmont. And uh, are you wrapped up in Italy, uh, China, and the Women's World Cup? No, you are not. What you are wrapped up on is the 2019 NBA Finals between the Golden State Warriors trying to three peat. And trying to win their fourth championship in five years against the going up against the first ever Eastern Conference champion Toronto Raptors, and Kawhi Leonard trying to get his second ring of his career and his second and his first ever NBA Finals appearance since leaving uh, the Spurs in his first NBA Finals appearance since his last championship in 2015 when he took down LeBron and his on uh, uh took down LeBron as a member as his final years as a member of the Miami Heat. So I'll go games 2 and 3. Here's our dog do games 2 and 3 and 4 in this block. Take a break. Take a break, come on back, and then I and then I'll preview game five. So uh, we'll go games in order. Game two. Uh, I told you that Toronto they had to come right out and punch me in the mouth, which is what they did in game one. Game two, they did not do that. Uh, Golden State won game two, one hundred nine, one hundred four. Uh, Jamal Green had a good game, 17 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists. He really was the forefront in the game. But Steph Curry, Clay Thompson combined for 40, for, uh, f- uh, 48 points in the game. Uh, Clay Thompson had 25, Steph Curry had 23. I told you Jamal Green had a, was important. So was uh, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, a.k.a. Boogie Cousins, coming, off, coming back in his first game off of injury. And boy... Uh, Draymond and uh, it was it was that game was more of a team effort. You know he had the Splash Blood Brothers doing what they do offensively, combined up for forty eight points, and then you had the defensive forces, the enforcers, and Draymond Green and uh, Demarcus Cousins. Even though, even though they both combined for uh, twenty, they both combined for twenty eight points, but. They both crashed the boards. Both had ten rebounds. Draymond Green had nine assists. Uh, Demarcus Cousins had six assists. Uh, Draymond Green had two steals. Demarcus Cousins had two blocks. 
But uh, it was an all-in-all productive game uh, for the Golden State Warriors, uh, from the Golden State Warriors side. Meanwhile, you look at Toronto, Kawhi Leonard, he, even, he had a good game, 34 points, 14 rebounds, 3 assists. But again, a game. But again, in game two, they had a halftime lead, and they let and they had and they let the game uh, slip away from them, which uh, which honestly you cannot do, going up against the Golden State Warriors under any circumstances. You cannot allow Golden State to claw back and fight back in the basketball game. I I don't care who you play or who you are, but you cannot in any circumstances allow Golden State to come back in the game up at halftime and then you squander the lead away and Golden State ended up winning what so far their only game in the series. That was game two on Sunday night. They've played three games since the last time me and you have uh, conversated or conversed, I should say. Conversating ain't a word, but but they've played three games, uh, game two, game three, and, of course, game four. So, I mean, yeah, the Warriors did what they had to do in game, in game, in, uh, game two. And if, you were to, and if you were to tell me that, uh, that Golden State was going to win, I would have been, I would have came back the next day. And I would have said Toronto's up by two fifty nine fifty seven headed into halftime and it and it all went downhill from there. But I would have told you I would have said I would have said the Raptors they Raptors they gotta what they have to do. Same thing I said before game one, same thing I said after game one. They gotta keep the foot on the on the throat on the throats of the Golden State Warriors, or else they, or else they can't expect to win. They can't expect to win ball games. You can't expect to win games in the NBA Finals, no less. No, no, not even when you're at home. I know, I know your crowd gives you an advantage, Jurassic Park, a whole nine yards, but you cannot, under any circumstances, allow Golden State to to think they have a chance to be in the game and think that they have a chance to win the game. Because every single time you give them a sliver of hope, they come right in. They come, they come, they come right in like like a, a, a bunch of hunting eagles looking for their prey, and they swoop right in and they get you when you least expect it. But that's what I would have said after game two. Game three, a little bit different story. Even though Steph Curry went off with a 47-point performance in the first... NBA Finals game of this series in Oracle Arena. Steph Curry went off of 47 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, but really had no help. Draymond Green wasn't much of a factor, 17 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Andre Goddard, 11 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Good job, Andre Goddard, by the way, making that uh, game-clinching 3 at the end of Game 2. But that Andre Goddard hasn't showed up since that clutch 3-point shot. Uh, no, and no Clay Thompson for Game Three. Keep that in mind. But forty-seven uh, point performance by Curry, and the uh, and the Raptors beat him one twenty-three to one hundred nine. I mean, seriously, honestly. I mean, I mean, but you also can. It also means even though basketball is a sport where one player can kind of take over and dominate the game, you still at the same time you gotta have a collective group effort. Kawhi Leonard thirty points, thirty points in Game Three. Pascal Siakam, 18 points. Mark Gasol, 17 points. 
uh, Green, 18 points. Kyle Lowry, 23 points. Fred, Freddie Van Fleet, he had 11. It was a collective effort by each and every member of the Toronto Raptors on their starting five. And that you can make an argument of why, of why they won a game. I mean, when you have Mark Gasol put up 17 points, which isn't shabby, as well as Pascal Siakam, who had an unbelievable game one, he putting up 18 points, and Kyle Lowry and, and uh, Kawhi Leonard putting up over 20 against Steph Curry's Soul 47 and Draymond Green's pathetic 17 and Andre Iguodala's cute 11 points, that's not, that's not going to win. I mean, I don't care how many times Steph Curry jump, you know, takes takes a three, uh, you know, uh, takes a three, uh, takes a three ball shot. For I don't care if he takes it from half court. I don't care if he takes it from the parking lot outside of Oracle Arena. I don't care if he takes it from home plate at the uh, Oakland Coliseum across the street. He can shoot as many threes and take as many threes, get as many boring open layups as possible. But when the rest of your team ain't doing anything, and and your opponent is, they're spreading the rock, and, and the scoring is evenly divided, and your opponent's scoring is evenly divided amongst themselves, you're going to lose. I mean, there's nothing else to say. You're going to lose. And 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 that's why the, the uh, Toronto Raptors ended up winning by double digits. On uh, I believe it was Wednesday night, if I'm not mistaken, but in game, but uh, in game three, that's why they that's why they won the game. Yeah, Wednesday night, that's why they won the game. Spread the ball evenly. They shared the wealth. They spread the rock around, and that is definitely going to do a lot better than the isolated than the isolated play with just one guy you know take a nine i mean look look where uh look where the rockets are right look look at where the rockets are look at where russell westbrook and the thunder are they play that game 82 games from late october to mid april and come may when the nose has hit the grindstone and it's time to separate the boys. It's time to separate the boys from the men. That isolated basketball isn't going to get you a championship. Allen Iverson learned that he doesn't have a championship. I mean, that brand of basketball isn't doesn't guarantee necessarily an NBA championship. And no, and and, and nine times out of ten, it doesn't quite. It doesn't quite often uh, give you give you wins either. And that's it, and that's the type of play. Now I understand that Clay Thompson was hurt. Kevin Durant hasn't played a minute in this series, but still, but still, you, you you can't you can't sit up there and and just take hard ball off yourself, put up forty seven points, and then cry and scream, and 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 uh and cry help when you got Andre Iguodala who isn't too shabby a player, NBA Finals MVP. You got Draymond Green, who's okay. I mean, spread spread the ball around, and this is why I, I never want to hear all the all the all you Curry lovers out there and social media and people on ESPN and NBA TV and NBA Radio and SiriusXM and everybody. This is why I I can't I can only take your Curry love, but so much because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Curry does not make others around him better. Curry does not make others around him better. He himself is better than everybody else, but he does not make himself better. 
yeah, he'll put up his forty-seven points. But but who but who what play, whose play do you see improve because Steph Curry's on the floor by himself? Zaza Pachulia's play play isn't improved. Andrew Andrew Bogut's play isn't improved. Draymond Draymond Green's play is improved. So so what is it? You can't sit up there and say, well, you know, sit up there and act like this Steph Curry is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and he puts up 47 points, and he gets blown out out of his building in, in the first NBA Finals game at, at the arena. I, I mean, I understand that Klay Thompson didn't play, but I mean, this is a guy that everybody thinks is, is the next uh, Jerry West. Love Curry shoot, shooting a million threes from half court with the mouthpiece dangling out of his mouth. It's annoying, but with the mouthpiece dangling out of his mouth, taking three-point shots from midcourt, you know, taking these lousy, dopey, uh, uncontested layups. Mouthpiece dangling, shooting automatic free throws. He's an excellent, excellent, excellent automatic free throw, free, free throw shooter. But enough Steph Curry. Enough. I mean, I, please... I get it. He's great. He's I get it. He's great. He's a phenomenal talent, a phenomenal shooter, a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal three-point shooter. But let's quit acting like that this guy is Jerry West because he isn't. Okay? He scores 47 points and he gets blown out of his building by a team by a team that only has one superstar on it and a bunch of role players. I mean, if you take away Kawhi Leonard, this is the team that got bounced by Le- by LeBron in the playoffs last year. Okay, even if the Warriors do win a championship, it, as far as like star power is concerned, this isn't going to be the greatest. You know, the greatest team to win a championship. The Toronto will love, will love them to the end of the earth, but. But outside of Kawhi Leonard, this team is filled with a bunch of role players. Siakam, eh. Mark Gasol, he's bounced around, eh. Kyle Lowry, eh. Who for years could never get it done in the postseason. Kawhi Leonard walks in, and I got Pascal Siakam dropping 30 plus points in game one. Mark Gasol doesn't play bad. You know, Kyle Lowry turns himself around. You, I will take Kawhi Leonard any day over Seth Curry. I will. Kawhi Leonard makes players around him better. He himself is a better player than Steph Curry. Gets the, Passes the ball around, spreads the wealth, knows how to put the ball in the basket, plays excellent, excellent, excellent defense. I mean, in game three, Kawhi Leonard had two, had two steals and two blocks in the game. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. How I many did he have? Two steals and no blocks. Kawhi Leonard is an excellent, excellent defender, a great shooter, and knows how to and and makes players around him better. And I don't know why we and I include myself in this, but I don't know why me as part of the of the media platform and us as fans, I don't know why we don't put uh, Kawhi Leonard in a conversation as one of the top as one of the top uh, best players in the NBA right now. 
You ask me, he's the third best player on planet Earth right now in the NBA. Kevin Durant, one. LeBron, two. And Kawhi Leonard, three. Antetokounmpo was not better than Kawhi Leonard. Especially after after what I saw against against the Raptors, you take you take away that lane from him, dude's got to find a jump shot. Antetokounmpo is not better than Kawhi. Joel Embiid is not better than Kawhi. Ben Simmons is not better than Kawhi. Russell Westbrook is not better than Kawhi Leonard. James Harden definitely is not better than Kawhi Leonard. Chris Paul isn't better than Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is the third best player in the NBA right now. Third best. KD, LeBron, Kawhi. No argument. Kevin Durant makes player. You notice every single one of those three guys they make. Now I know LeBron ain't gonna say well he doesn't make his Lakers. Take away LeBron and the Lakers for a minute. Take away, take away that for a minute. And and remember LeBron when he was on the Heat and when he was on the Cavs. Remember how how good LeBron made Shane Battier look. Remember that name? Remember how good uh remember how good LeBron made made Tristan Thompson look. Made J.R. Smith look. Made Kevin Love look. Made Kyrie Irving look. Kyrie Irving is not the same basketball player without LeBron James. Like it or not, I know he don't want to be considered LeBron's puppet and be and play second fiddle LeBron and live in LeBron's shadow and blah 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 blah. But quite honestly, if Kyrie Irving wants to go down as like one of the game's all time greats, he better latch on to LeBron James. Cause both coincide with each other. And pick up what the other one lacks very, very well. LeBron knows how knows how to make players better when Kawhi when Kyrie doesn't, and Kyrie has that clutch has that clutch gene about him that a lot of times LeBron James doesn't have. He has it, and it shows up every now and again. But it is as consistent and it is as dominant as say. Kyrie, uh, say uh, Kyrie Irving's is, a la game uh, seven when he made that clutch three at the end of the game, or six, whatever game it was. Well, uh, getting off the beaten path, Kawhi is the third best player in the NBA right now, and this series, matter of fact, this postseason, these playoffs, has proved. That he is the third best player in in America right now, or not in America, but in in the NBA right now. Game four last night, thirty six, twelve, two assists, four steals. Kawhi Leonard plays defense, ladies and gentlemen. Puts the ball in the basket, 
spreads the wealth, makes players around him better, and he plays defense. Okay? I'll take a Kawhi Leonard over Westbrook, Paul, Harden, George, the Greek freak, Embiid, Butler, and Simmons. I'll take him over everybody. He's that good of a basketball player. That good of a basketball player. I mean, he has he has guts. He has heart. He doesn't quit. I not not to mention the fact he doesn't have that big of an ego. I mean, maybe he does going on depending on what. I mean, he has an ego, but he is he isn't cocky about it. He isn't noisy about it. He isn't arrogant about it. He has an ego, but he's a, but he's a quiet, to himself type of guy. Doesn't make a lot of noise. Isn't do you have to worry about him being a huge distraction? Nothing. Thirty six points, twelve rebounds, two assists, four steals. Give I and in this postseason, thirty one points, nine. Rebounds, three assists, and about a steal and a half per game. Shooting 49% from the field and 89% at the line. He has scored 30 he's scored 30 points. In the last three games. 30 or more points. Thirty or more points. Thirty-four in game two, thirty in game three, thirty-six in game four. You add them all up. If my math serves me correctly, that's about a that's about a that's exactly a hundred points from Kawhi Leonard in three basketball games. I'll take Kawhi any day of the week. I don't want to hear the Skip Baylesses of the world. You know. Still have an axe to grind and still have a vendetta against Kawhi Leonard because things ended ugly in San Antonio. This guy can play and this guy can ball. Absolute flat out ball and can absolute flat out play. You give me, I tell you, you give me Kawhi Leonard, you give me LeBron, and you give me, uh, um,. And you give me Steph Curry, even though I don't, even though he's not my favorite. But you give me Steph Curry, Kawhi, and LeBron. That's a championship team right there. That's a championship team right there. Beat the Warriors 105-92 in game four. Kawhi Leonard, again, had an amazing game. Pascal Siakam, 19 points, 5 rebounds, and assist. No steals. Kyle Lowry had 10 points. Serge Ibaka, he had a good game. 20 points, 4 rebounds, and an assist. All-around collective effort from the Toronto Raptors. Meanwhile, you look at Golden State, it's been more about the individual player and a couple of flashy, you know, performances here and there, you know, from... You know, Draymond Green one night, 
Demarcus Cousins another night, Andre Godala another night. Raptors, it's been all hands on deck. Every member from the from the one down to the sixth man coming off the bench has done their job and done what they needed to do. And the only mistake they've made in this series is laying their guard down against Golden State coming out of the half in game two. That's the only mistake they've made of this series. They have played perfect basketball, especially in games three and four. Okay, nobody cares and nobody gives a crap about them giving up Steph Curry 47 points when they beat them by plus 15 on their home floor. And they are less than 48 hours away from playing a game five in their home arena with their whole with their whole city, the whole country of Canada on their back. About to erupt in jubilation and and erupt in celebration over their first NBA championship in franchise history. And the nation's first ever NBA championship, just uh, as, as it alone by itself. And again, give me Kawhi any day of the week. I'll take him. I know he won't. He won't be a headache. I don't have to tell him every five seconds to keep his mouth shut and make sure he doesn't say anything stupid, riling up the opponent or say anything dopey to the media. I don't have to worry about him being flashy, getting on opponents or fans' nerves and being cocky and being arrogant. I don't have to worry about that. He's a quiet leader, a quiet, natural-born leader that makes players around him better. And... Win or lose, this guy needs to get more mentioning and more respect. It needs to get more airtime on television and radio by the professionals, not by not just by me, but by the professionals about the greatness of Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> okay. Instead, instead of breaking down where he's going for free agency, break down how 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 good of a player this man is. Because he is really, 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 really good. Plays defense. Puts the ball in the basket. Makes players around him better. And to top it all off, he 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 isn't a headache and he isn't a team distraction. And he isn't annoying and he isn't cocky and he isn't flashy. He just puts his head down, does his work, and does what he needs to do. And again, Steph Curry, all-time great shooter, all-time great three-point shooter. But don't ever, ever, ever put him in the class of the all-time great immortals that have played the guard position. Don't, don't you dare do it. Because 47 points at home, and he got blown out the building. Okay, And in a game four, down 2-1. Where you have to win the game and even up the series. And if you don't, you, you literally have your backs against the wall. And you're about to kiss Kevin Durant goodbye and say goodbye to this Warriors dynasty. What'd he do? Last night, Steph Curry. 27 points, which for his standards isn't acceptable. And Andre Iguodala and everybody else around him. Three points and you play 37 minutes, really? 
Draymond Green, same thing. 10 points. And getting tentacles left and right, whining and crying. And, and throwing your little hissy fits against the refs because things aren't going your way. Really? Marcus Cousins did nothing again. I mean, really? Preview game five of the NBA Finals. Right after this. Welcome back to the Amatel Like a TIS podcast. Uh, looking forward to game five here of these NBA Finals of the year 2019. The Warriors, I would just come out and say it. Their backs are against the wall. They're on the brink of elimination. And honestly, they need to... And every Warrior fan from, from New York to Oakland, across the Bay to San Francisco, needs to be on their knees, praying to the good Lord himself that somehow, someway, Kevin Durant plays Monday night in Toronto in Game 5. Because, honestly, if Kevin Durant does not play in Game 5, this series is finished. Finito. Over. Final. Finish. It's over. Because the Warriors... And Doris Burt, sideline reporter for e, for uh, ESPN, touched on this on uh, Sports Center night with Scott Van Pelt last night after the game. She touched on this, and I think she's absolutely right. Golden State is tired. They're tired, and when you notice with dynasties in sports. When you've been so dominant for so long and you've just been working your tail off day after day after day after day, year after year after year, and you just get worn out. For five straight years, the Warriors literally have been playing basketball games, including preseason. They literally have been playing basketball games from... Late September to mid-June for the past five years of the same, outside of the addition of Kevin Durant and Marcus Cousins, with the same core of players they've been playing from, and playing in games from late September to mid-June for the past five years. And after a while... With that, the wear and tear on playing in every season, the wear and tear of playing 82 games, and working your butt off and being in the gym and constantly training and constantly working yourself and striving to be the best, eventually that catches up with you, and eventually it will wear you down. Especially in a sport like basketball, when you're running up and down the court, 
every day, every game you playing. You gotta run up and down the court, equally as fast, if not faster, each time you run. You run that. You run from baseline to baseline. And I think Doris Burke is absolutely right. This team is tired. This team is worn out. This team is spent physically, emotionally, and mentally. They are cooked. They are fried. And unless Kevin Durant comes back and gives them new life on Monday night, you can forget it, Golden State. And all you bandwagon fans that's been new to the party since 2015. You can close the doors on the Oracle Arena because there will be no more NBA games played in that arena. You can close the door on Oracle. You can turn off the lights. You can help help Kevin Durant get out of Golden State and help him pack his bags to New York, wherever he wants to go. You can say goodnight, sing a farewell song, and get going. Because if Kevin Durant doesn't come back and at least give them an... If Kevin Durant doesn't come back and play this and play game five, the Warriors are absolutely positively cooked. They're finished. Wiped out. Complete glass. And the and the Toronto Raptors will be M will be the 2018-2019 NBA champions. And will hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy at center court of their home floor with literally the entire country going crazy and cheering and rooting like hell, screaming at the top of their lungs for them. And Kawhi Leonard will be their version of Joe Carter will be their version of Michael Jordan. If they end, if they close out and finish the deal Monday, Kawhi Leonard, A, I think he should stay. We'll get into that for another day. But if he wins to, on Monday, he will never have to buy another thing in Canada for as long as he lives. And if you're in Golden State and Kevin Durant doesn't play, Thompson, Curry, Boogie, Draymond got to find a way to dig deep. Dig deep, 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 as deep as they can go. And... Have the guts, have the courage, and have the mental toughness to take the Raptors to seven games and try to three-peat as NBA champions. Because as a lot of me and a lot of people agree with me right now, 
Unless Kevin Durant plays, the Warriors do not have a chance in hell on Monday night. That crowd will be jumping. That crowd will be raucous. That crowd will be noisy. That crowd will be on edge. That crowd will be hyped. The players will be hyped. The players will have all sorts of adrenaline on them. And I mean to tell you, the rap if you if Ken Rent does not play the Warriors, they the Raptors will run the Warriors out the building so fast they won't know what the heck just hit them. And I told you after game one, you know, hold off on the Raptors. You know, I've seen this before where teams kind of give Golden State the right hand out the gate. And then the Warriors come back with the bigger and more powerful punch and they wear their opponents down. Wear their opponents down. And then next thing you know, we look at Golden State winning another championship. But it looks like to me and to you out there watching the series, not this year. Not this year. The Raptors are one win away, and they have to finish the deal, and they have to finish what they started, which is playing lockdown defense, keeping their foot on the throat of Golden State, not letting them get a glimmer of hope, force turnovers, get the ball from Golden State, Make their jump shots, make their free throws, and take care of business. They're right there, but they still have to finish the deal. And you can say, even though they have an asterisk to the championship if they win, because of no Kawhi for, or excuse me, no Clay Thompson for one game. And no Kevin Durant, the best player in the world for the whole series. You can't sit up there and call Golden State the greatest. And even if Kevin and if Kevin Durant comes back and plays and plays games five through seven and they end up winning it some way, somehow, you can't call Golden State the best team of all time. Because if that happens, then that just shows that they all they need is that they needed Kevin Durant to come is to come and rescue the Splash Brothers and crew, and this team isn't as good as they think they are without Kevin Durant. And they've gotten a rude awake awakening right right now. Prime example, 47 points, Steph Curry, they get the loss. Kevin Durant scores 47 points. There's a good chance that the team that Kevin Durant plays for and puts on uh, and has a jerk, and the team that's, that's uh, named that's on his chest They'll go and walk away with the W when you look in the box score and you see Kevin Durant with the number 47 points next to it. I expect Toronto to close the deal and be crowned NBA champions Monday night. Take a break. Touch on Carson Wentz getting his big paycheck right after this. Welcome back to Amatelic TIS Podcast. Switching gears now to the National Football League and the offseason news and information that's going on there. 
Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have locked up their franchise quarterback now that Nick Foles is out of town. Uh, Carson Wentz and the Eagles agreed to a four-year extension through 2024. The team announced, excuse me, a few days ago on Thursday. Uh, Wentz's deal is worth 128 million dollars and an ad and up to 144 million with 66 million fully guaranteed in signing and 107 107.9 million dollars in guarantees. Uh, that's this deal's coming right after Russell Wilson signed his contract extension about a few about a few months prior, and so the Eagles will have their quarterback locked up for a good amount of time. You want my opinion on it? My opinion on it is the idea that even though Carson Wentz is better than Dak Prescott, he's better than uh, Jared Goff. I I would not trust Jared, even though he outplayed Drew Brees in the second half of the NFC Championship game. Jared Goff played horrendous, horrendous in the Super Bowl. He's bet he's better than Prescott, like I said. He's better than Goff. Uh, he he's better than uh, better than Cousins, clearly, but. I just think if I'm the Eagles, it's a little bit too soon to give Carson Wentz the big money and to give him a max contract because of the fact that he has one thing not going for him if you're a franchise quarterback looking to get paid. And it's real, and it's a fact that even though you don't like it, but you also at the same time cannot blame the team for being hesitant, and that is the fact that you aren't injury prone. Let 2017, he tears his ACL. Car, uh, Nick Foles takes him to the Super Bowl, and he wins the whole thing. Last year, he had a hard time. Starting the season and, re- and recovering at the start of the season off that ACL, finally gets to play, has back problems, breaks his back. Nick Foles takes him to within an eyelash of making a second straight NFC Championship game appearance. If Alshon Jeffrey catches that ball, the, the Eagles are in two straight NFC Championship games, a feat that has not been done since the 2014-15, or excuse me, 2013-14 Seattle Seahawks when they made it to -to back-to-back NFC uh, championship games. But they could have, but the ball goes right through Austin Jeffrey's hands and gets caught by the Saints for the interception. But anyway, I would not, Sign Nick. Now, granted, it's football. You can cut him tomorrow, but then again, who's going to cut a quarterback when they have nobody to replace him? And and the and it goes to the NFL all the time. You can't win. You can't win when you have a quarterback with a salary cap. You can't win when you have the quarterback making all the money. You can't win. You, I don't know what's it going to take for teams to wake up and smell the coffee and to realize this. Why do you think the Patriots are where they are every year? 
because Tom Brady bites the bullet and realizes just because I'm the greatest quarterback of all time in the post the boiler sport and I'm hand, and I'm quote unquote handsome and this and that, I don't need to walk around and be the be the richest guy on the team. That's what I got endorsements for. That's what I got my TB12 little thing with Alex Guerrero for. And if push came to shove, hell, I didn't only marry Giselle for her looks. The girls, the woman's one of the most richest, wealthiest supermodels in the world. So she's got him covered as, as well at the same time. His sister's married. If it, if it goes to that point, one of his sisters is married to former uh, ML, Major League Baseball player Kevin Euclid. So Tom, Tom Brady doesn't feel the need. He needs to rack up all the money and be the richest man and the richest player and the richest guy on the team. And of all the things I I held I hold against Brady, I have all the things that I don't like about Brady and the things that I and, and the things I hate about him. That's one thing that I give him the utmost credit and and one thing that he kind of earns my respect a little bit is because. Tom Brady knows how great he is. He doesn't need his paycheck to validate how great he is. He's got six rings and records and personal accomplishments to show how to show and to showcase how great he is. Tom Brady doesn't. Tom Brady doesn't need a a multi hundred dollar, um, a, a multi hundred million dollar paycheck to just to. Justify how to justify and to showcase how great he is. He doesn't need it, nor should he need it. You're, I know you're in it to make money, but at the end of the day, if you love if you love football that much, you should be in it and to you should be in it and play it to win games and to win championships and to break records and to be great. Not because. Because when because when I'm knocking on sixty years old, I'm not gonna look back and say, "Oh well, uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, uh, Carson Wentz, all uh, you know, uh, Matt Ryan, all uh, Joe Flacco." I'm not gonna sit back and, and remember how much money Joe Flacco got in in you know. Winter of two thousand and thirteen. I'm not going to sit back and reminisce over uh, Matthew Stafford's contract extension. I'm a reminisce. I'm a, and I'm a talk about when people will remember the wins and losses and the championships or lack thereof. No, nobody gives a crap about about the dopey contract. Woohoo! You got you got paid a you got paid a a, a a truck full of money hand over fist. Congratulations! Where's my championship at? Minnesota, Detroit, Green Bay. Where's my championship at? Nothing to show for. And I, especially with him, with the guy. Now, granted, like I said, better than Dak, better than Golf. But boy, is he injury prone. And there's nothing worse than getting an injury prone player. Lots of money. I don't care what. I don't care if it's football. I don't care if it's baseball. I don't care if it's basketball. You give an injury. If you give an injury riddled player a large contract, it's almost like borderline theft. 
Always injured, never plays, and still receiving a paycheck. Meanwhile, you look out onto the field and players that are playing, and you wonder why, hey, why am I looking at this crappy product on the field, and why are we losing, and why are we losing every, every single time I turn around? Football is a team game. You don't just need a good quarterback for you to win games. got to have a solid offensive line, which unless you're going to build it through a draft, which you got to spend free agent money on. You get a, a decent, solid running game, which unless you're going to draft, you need to get free, spend free agency money on. You also need a decent wide receiver threat, which you're going to, which unless it's a draft, you're going to need to spend money on. Not to mention a defense. And you can't sit there and expect to win all these championships and to have a top-tier roster well, you got one guy making all the money. It, whether in football or in baseball, it just doesn't work that way. You have to. Basketball is the only sport where it works that way. Baseball and football, it does not. You need a, uh, you need a team and a group of other good slash great players around you in order for you to, to, be, in, to be in contention and try to win a championship. You can't win a World Series by yourself. You can't. We can't win a. You can't win a Super Bowl by yourself. And I, I think if it's the Eagles, it's just not a wise decision to give a guy that's been injury prone, back to back seasons, all that money. Not to saying that his play doesn't deserve it, but. Can Carson Wentz make it through a full season for once before I think about giving him a contract extension? I mean, he tore his ACL 2017, has a hard time getting his legs back uh, under him in the next season, and then you turn around, he hurts his back, and then, he, and then he's out again. I'd be very, 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 very careful and hesitant about giving Carson Wentz that money. I really, really would. Cause in the long run, I just don't think that it's gonna that that a it's worth it and b that it's gonna be worth it. I just don't. I mean, don't expect Seattle. Don't expect Seattle. Don't expect Philly. Don't expect them to be the Super Bowl teams that that we've seen that go to the Super Bowl and win games hand over first. Teams like those are an easy nine and seven, ten and six. And I just don't see Carson Wentz getting in Eagles a championship. I just don't. Maybe crazy, but I just don't see it happening. Take a break. I'll touch on Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell finding work for their respective teams in Major League Baseball getting new one-year contracts right after this. Welcome back to Amatilic TIS podcast. Switching from off-season news on the gridiron to in-season news on the baseball diamond. Uh... Two uh, pitchers that have been free agents all winter long and even 
into the first third of the 2019 season, they both have found uh, employers for the 2019 for the rest of the 2019 campaign. Dallas Keuchel, former pitcher of the Houston Astros, won a championship with him in 2017. He has found work with the uh, Atlanta Braves. He signed an uh, he signed a, a new contract a few days ago. I'll get into that a little. I'll get into that in a little bit. Give you his stats. Uh, started in 34 games. Uh, had a ERA of 3.74. Was twelve and eleven with a one point three one whip. Uh, he is down in the minors right now, getting himself ready to join a major league uh, club. Matter of fact, tonight was his first scheduled uh, start for uh, the for the AAA. Uh, Gwinnett Braves. Uh, he'll earn thirteen million through this season, and he'll be uh, eligible to be a free agent uh, come November. Uh, he should he should help the Atlanta Braves uh, pitching staff. They right now are in. Excuse me, I clicked on the wrong dopey thing. Uh, the Atlanta Braves right now, they are in second place by two games behind the Philadelphia Phillies. They are at 35 and 29. The Phillies are 37 and 27. The Atlanta's won two straight and, and beat, uh, the Marlins in Miami. Won nothing earlier today. Uh, meanwhile, Philadelphia beat the Reds by the score forty one earlier today, uh, but Keuchel should make the team better. Uh, he was not the same Dallas Keuchel that helped the Royal, that, excuse me, helped the Astros win their uh, their two thousand and seventeen championship. He's not, obviously he's not the same pitcher that he was. Uh, that he was back in that season. The Astros, though, do uh, lead the uh, league in wins. Just wanted just to just to throw that out there. But uh, for the Atlanta Braves, they lead the National League in walks with two hundred and forty of them. Uh, they're eighth in the American League in giving up home runs. And they are eighth in the National League in ERA with a 4.24. So they signed Keiko hoping that he fires in 2017 self to bring down that 4.24 uh, uh, disastrous ERA. For uh, the Atlanta Braves pitching side. The Cubs, however, who signed Craig Kimbrell to a one-year deal uh, earlier this week. They have the third best ERA in the National League at 3.83. But they signed Craig Kimbrell to help out their bullpen. 
uh, which which the Cubs in the past have had the need for to bolster up their bullpen. Uh, Keiko, like, you know, he should have been signed earlier than he should. He's a good pitcher. He's better than 12 and 11 with an ERA just under four. Keiko, I'm a little hesitant. Not Keiko. Kimberl, I'm a little hesitant about because he did, if you look back, he did have some rocky, uh, he did have some rocky appearances in games that he showed up in the games that he uh, pitched in for the Red Sox in the uh, in the playoffs last year. He did have some rocky, shaky uh, outings where if, uh, if if it wasn't for his defense behind him or poor hitting at the plate, Craig Kimmel would have cost the Red Sox on quite a few occasions uh, in the uh, in the uh, ALDS and CS against the Yankees in uh, Houston. So I would have been a little cautious with Kimbrel myself. But then again, it's Joe Madden, it's the Cubs. They're going to take chances and they're going to do whatever they can to make their ball club better. But in my opinion, I would have stayed clear of Craig Kimbrel because in a lot of situations he was in late in, in October for the Red Sox. So there's quite a few times he got out of there by the hair of his skinny chin chin. So... You can kind of see why he went until uh, the the first week of June, the first full week of June, to find work. But anyway, uh, that comes to the. We are at the end, and with that wraps up another episode of the Up Until Like a TIS podcast. Uh, be sure to share it with your friends, family, relatives, coworkers, uh, classmates. Uh, enemies, friends, acquaintances, whomever. Uh if they're if they're into sports talk and something new on the uh, podcast realm, be if this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to subscribe and leave a review telling us what you thought. Be sure to share on social media, email, text, whatever whatever. I'm Jai Shields. Enjoy Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Enjoy your week, everybody. I'll talk to you next weekend. Y'all take care. God bless.